Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. Wrestling to the Max, SmackDown, Review. Hello and welcome to Wrestling to the Max's SmackDown Live Review for January 10, 2017. I'm your host, Sean Garmer, and with me here, as always, Mr. Paul Deezer. Hey, yo. What's going on, Paul? Not a man, just uh, getting over all the wrestling I had to watch today. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so uh, we did have to watch uh, plenty of that on uh, for this show and then the you know 205 Live and all that stuff. Uh, but uh, this SmackDown, of course, being in Baton Rouge... Louisiana, and they did mention the whole WrestleMania coming there in 2018. Interesting that it has to do with their tricentennial thing, so that's kind of cool. I guess it gives more credence to having it there. Apparently, uh, so. they also wowed them with how much they're going to try to tie WrestleMania into all of the the uh, the publication and, and all that of, of it being the tricentennial and everything, too, which is kind of a... That's really cool for WrestleMania. I mean, it doesn't need any more advertising than what it already gets, but more better, I guess, in their mind. Yeah, to be, like, part of the city, mm-hmm. you know, I guess the closest thing you can get to, like, having the Super Bowl there, have WrestleMania, so... Why not? Uh, they started this show off, though, with Dean Ambrose doing his Ambrose Asylum, uh, because, you know, he won the IC title ending last week's SmackDown. What a way to... Remind you here with uh, Ambrose coming out, pretty much uh, he uh, he lets you know that he bought this alligator head at the uh, gasoline the grocery store or gas station or whatever it was. He he bought it at side of couldn't. the road. It, it's Dean. We don't know. Yeah, <laughs> since he uh, he couldn't buy he couldn't bring an actual live alligator. He had to do that <laughs> and. Uh, you know, the Miz is supposed to be his guest, so he comes out with Maurice, and pretty much you get, uh, Miz talking about how it pains him, and how much the prestige of the IC title goes down every time that he sees Ambrose holding it, and Ambrose, uh, says, well, you know, you were talking about the IC title belonging to you, I have something that belongs to you, here's your participation award, Miz. It's his Miz participation award that has the picture of Miz and Maurice on it. It's great. Uh, it gets he's better. Like, he's like, you tried, buddy. 
And the look on Miz's face is fantastic. And then, uh, Am- you know, Miz tries to go after him. Ambrose counters and does the dirty deeds and uh, knocks out uh, the Miz. And then he just gives Maurice the award again. Just... I love it because he, he ducks a slap from Maurice and Maurice ends up hitting the Miz, which leads to the dirty deeds. And him handing her the award is just like the cherry on top of this wonderful opening segment. <laughs> <laughs> you tried, Maurice. Good job. <laughs> Both of them tried and nothing going on for either one of these guys. Uh, but uh, that I think that's sort of your... That's all of your interaction with uh, Dean on the show, mm-hmm. if I'm correct. We do get the Miz announcing himself for the Royal Rumble, so... I believe you know. uh, Ambrose also said he was in as well during the segment. You know, I'm glad that we have guys announcing themselves. We don't have to guess as to who's going to be in there mm-hmm. or anything. So uh, after this, we, we move on to uh, the ladies as, uh, well, the first of a couple of ladies segments here as uh, Nikki Bella and Natalia are set to have a match. Um, pretty much, this match doesn't happen because they basically brawl. Uh, and Natalia even does a sharpshooter uh, on the floor uh, to Nikki after chop blocking her and everything. So, some... Uh, Good heel stuff from Natalia, some good fire from Nikki. This feud continues. Yeah, I, I want to touch real fast on, on something that got my mind racing during that opening segment. Uh, the way this is going, obviously you're not going to have an Intercontinental title match here at the Royal Rumble, but you very could have one, very well could have one at, uh, at Elimination Chamber between the two. And that, that sort of left me wondering how they're going to fill out the rest of that chamber match. Obviously, I would assume Cena and Styles are, are practically guaranteed, and you got the other four spots in there. I would think Baron probably works his way in there. But you have Dean and, and Miz, who I would have thought would have been your other spots, and, and Dolph maybe fills out the rest. But the other ones, you know, it kind of leaves it open to work in some of these mid-carters they have Dolph working with into all that. So this could be a great way to elevate people. And the in the next coming months going towards WrestleMania. Yeah, definitely Apollo Cruz could really use some something like that mm-hmm. uh, to to be in this kind of thing. Uh, I mean, I guess Kaliso could be a guy. I mean, they don't want to put him in the Cruiser, you know, two hundred five live. So mm-hmm. that would mean that you're you're considering him there, and you're in that and all that mess. So. It seems like you're going in that direction unless you have the... I would assume that the Wyatts are going to keep doing the slow build to WrestleMania, but you never know. Perhaps one of the Wyatts wind up in there or something like mm-hmm. that. You know, I could see them trying to shoehorn Orton in there. Yeah, or Bray, or if they work, you know, two of them in there or something like that, I guess is possible too. Yeah, that's possible. You know, having whoever the third one's going to be just on the outside looking in mm-hmm. I mean and I wonder if they'll do another one not just uh, not just the main event but but have another elimination chamber they have enough tag teams I guess you could do it yeah I, I didn't think about them trying to do another one either that could be interesting uh, I was just mostly interested in seeing your thoughts on how that would all shake out because like, like I said it 
it seems like they're moving these two away from that scene to finish up whatever they're going to do going towards Mania. Whether they, they end up with a match there or not, I guess, is, is really up in the air at this point. But Yeah, just you really do need to elevate somebody else, though, because mm-hmm. you're you're going to start running into that, okay, we're having the same revolving door of guys going for the IC title. You know, at least the the main title's kind of set. It's, who knows what's going to happen with now. Cena has another movie. So is he going to last till after WrestleMania? Or is he going to have to go before then? Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. going to be uh, interesting as to what happens at the World War But I assume that their plan will stay the course, and then if Cena has to leave, they'll figure out what they got to do. Yeah. But it seemed uh, like it wasn't something planned, though, because they just kind of said, oh, well, he's been given this part. So. Yeah, I mean, I would assume if he was going to do it, he would take WrestleMania and all that into mind, especially with all the talk of him maybe getting the belt back and, and maybe even main eventing with, with The Undertaker, which I'm sure is something, I think it's something he's came out as far as, Whatever internet source is saying he it was something he wanted to do. I can't remember if it's WW.com or something else. Anyways, doesn't really matter. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, I like the Nikki and Natty stuff here too. This is good. It felt like a, a nice jolt of energy into this, which had just been them sort of back talking each other for a couple of weeks, and now now you finally get some physical interaction, some good heat, and uh, I, I mean Natty looks downright violent, really. Yeah, I mean, this has really been a great thing for Natty, just kind of being able to be that. She already has the purpose of being the nasty heel, but then she comes in and just, uh, she's just ruthless in this, and I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, you get a different side of Natty, which is which is great. On that end, then, you know, people want to cheer for Nikki, so they get that opportunity here. Uh, you get more stuff with uh, the women's title, with Becky backstage with Daniel Bryan kind of explaining to him, hey, look, I did tap out Alexa Bliss. And Alexa comes in kind of arguing that, hey, look, that's Luchadora, it's not me. It's a total miscommunication, you know. And uh, Daniel Bryan not buying it. He makes the title match for next week on SmackDown Live in a steel cage. So... You know, WWE seems to not be able to have a steel cage match without somebody interfering. Mm-hmm. So you got to think, the Luchadora, since they mentioned her like 20 times, has got to be coming out during this match. Yeah. I, I And I, hopefully they save it for after, so at least the match can be clean. Uh, and then you have her just attack Becky, who I, I assume might win the belt back here. I don't know. I, I'm really excited to see this match, too. I think these two have done a great job in building up this feud. And building up everything else that they've done with each other, that they, they really deserve a good send-off here inside this cage match. I hope they go out there and absolutely knock it out of the ballpark. And I, I love their little... I mean, it wasn't like the best piece of business ever, but it got the point across. Uh, I think Talking Smack really suffers a bit when Daniel Bryan's not there. Shane McMahon's not the same uh, kind of guy. To be, I mean, he does fine, but it just doesn't flow the same way uh, when Brian is, is there doing it. Uh, it to have uh, the little segment there with uh, Becky and Alexa kind of, you know, smack-talking each other, and Becky just let uh, Alexa Bliss have it at certain points. Um, I was down with it. 
Yeah, I, I didn't have a problem with really with anything. I mean, it wasn't like riveting television, but it sets everything up nicely. And these two have done their best talking really in the run up to to these big matches, or or you know when it comes to those big matches, they do it in the ring very well. Uh, so I, I'm really looking forward to watch, watching him lock up next week. Hopefully, it made events the show too. I think that'd be great. And, you know, that we had another women's uh, segment, and this carried on to Talking Smack as well. Carmella taking on, they call her CJ Lund on SmackDown, but uh, it's Thunder Kitty on the indies. Uh, basically, look, you know, has a gimmick of sort of looking like an old woman or, or older woman with, like, the one-piece uh, outfit like they would have worn back in the Moolah and Mae Young days. Uh, basically, James Ellsworth again gets involved a couple of times to help Carmella win and get the tap out. I mean, this wasn't the prettiest match, but it keeps things going. Yeah, Thunder Kitty is what she is, right? She she's a lot of what makes her entertaining is wrapped up in the gimmick. I don't know if that really works so well for for a squash, but the point's coming across here. Carmella's racking up wins. She's got Ellsworth with her. They're they're building up, I think, a nice little package for Carmella to work with something going down the road, especially for somebody who had really struggled early on in the brand split. It's it's kind of nice to see her finding her foot here with the with the heel thing and and then sort of growing on it. Certainly, and uh, she even promises to Mister Ellsworth that he's going to take she's going to take him shopping uh, at the mall. I guess. Uh, and this continues on Talking Smack because Renee is dumbfounded at this entire relationship. Um, and it's, uh, this, and Shane McMahon's like, man, just, you know, again, just uh, sort of kind of putting it to the side, sort of just saying, hey, this kind of is what it is. But, uh, I mean, what do you... It's just a little. It's it's fun. I don't have a problem with it really. I mean, it's silly, and I think they both kind of play their parts well. Yeah, it's humor that WWE is used to relying on. They, this is no stranger to them as far as the angle goes. Uh, so honestly, it's I'm I'm kind of interested. Ellsworth had a lot of heat going into him. They, they moved that with Carmella and used that to go forward. Like I said, I think they're building up something nicely here with Carmella that could really turn into something, so long as they continue to handle it well. James Ellsworth, the uh, WWE version of the uh, 40-year-old version at this point. Well, you know, I mean, whatever gets you over. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's just kind of like the way they're portraying it. I thought it was funny. It's like, uh, of course, if you're James Ellsworth, you're going to go for that kiss and then get sort of turned down, but not uh, all the way by Carmella there. At least she tells him, hey, if you wait long enough, yeah, right, James Ellsworth, who knows. (laughs) But... But another uh, key deal here for SmackDown was uh, Dolph Ziggler continuing his uh, his sort of turn here. He has a pretty good match with Kalisto, as you'd expect, with two guys that are uh, very good workers. And then Ziggler goes and attacks Kalisto, hits him with a chair. Apollo Crews comes out. He gets hit with a chair. It's just a chair city for Dolph Ziggler. And he goes on Talking Smack and explains that, you know, he's he's felt like this thing inside of him that he's needed a change about himself for a long time, that he keeps doing this, 
and it feels like it's not really doing much for him, so he feels like even using the, the crowd uh, to say that the crowd sort of wanted this for him too, uh, what did you make of this whole Dolph sort of justifying his turn? This feels like another sort of Shades of Grey thing, and I think it's because the WWE, they know that Dolph is probably going to get cheered really no matter what, maybe at this point, or at least in certain places, uh, or with certain crowds, or, or whatever. So him like looking towards this sort of killer instinct side of him and going that far to make sure he wins to get success and all that, I, I honestly don't have a problem with it. I think it's a really smart move. Dolph is a great worker. They know that he can work anywhere on the card, and using him... With a lot of these other great workers that they have that they're trying to get over, like Kalisto, like Apollo Crews. I think using him to work with those guys is a really smart idea. I'm looking forward to see what they can do. Hopefully this lets those guys grow. And that's we need to see Kalisto and Cruz turn into something other than just dudes. So hopefully them working against Ziggler with this style will really bring that out. Totally agree with them being more than just dudes, especially Apollo, who's had like nothing uh, going on for a long time now so hopefully this can be something for him i just i mean i think ziggler he sort of always worked better when he was the heel guy uh he now he's sort of like you're saying shades of gray which is totally fine just hopefully they keep bringing this side out of him and it becomes more and more interesting just uh, it's it's hard because you've seen this adult so many times. It's like you're waiting for that other shoe to drop. Mm-hmm. I think it it might be even more interesting too to see him try to work what he's doing now into Kalisto and Apollo, where it's like you guys are just here. You're you're doing what they want you to do, and you're not taking that next step. So I I think it'd be really cool if he's like sort of the the unwilling mentor for these guys and sort of gets them to either maybe like turn or. Or maybe just lets them find something else, and that really helps them step forward. It would be interesting, yeah. Perhaps turns into like sort of an unofficial stable or something for mm-hmm. Dolph. I've, okay, I'm going to take you guys under my wing, and we're going to do something here. And it, it turns into a positive instead of just, oh, well, Dolph beats him, and then uh, they go back to doing pretty much uh, nothing as far A lot as, of nothing. Yeah, which mm-hmm. hopefully they're... Understanding that they need to avoid at this point. Uh, I think I'm trying to think of uh, other than the one, the two big things here. You have, I guess, uh, the SmackDown tag team titles are defended on this show with the Wyatts getting their rematch. It's uh, Orton and Bray against uh, American Alpha. This was it went about like almost two or three segments. Went uh, long here. Um, I, I really enjoyed this. They they let him go for a while. It had its ups and downs, as you would expect from a tag match. Uh, American Alpha got to look strong here, and yeah, it was a sort of miscommunication that causes the win for American Alpha. But you kind of have to expect that with this story that they have going on with the Wyatts. Mm-hmm. I. Really, the the wrestling portion of this was great. Randy, I think, has found sort of new life in this whole thing. And with with what's going on here with Bray, all that, it's been good. The storytelling in this, I think, is what I appreciate the most, though. They make the conscious choice to go with Orton and Wyatt, who won the belts, 
they obviously can work together much better than Ordner or Harper. And Bray seemingly still wants nothing to do with uh, with Luke at this point, right? So Luke hops in to get involved. He ends up costing him the match. Uh, and it's interesting that obviously the collision happens with Orton. And then you get some more arguments and all that. So the Rumble, this is what this sort of storyline is made for. Watching these guys right. get in there, every man for himself, and see what cracks. Exactly. Uh, if they don't crack a ton before then, it'll certainly be the rumble will be that catalyst for them to really start uh, getting into the pieces of who picks things up, who stays, who goes. Uh, Wyatt afterwards really gets into Luke's face because he he super kicked him uh, instead of hitting Norton because uh, Wyatt gets in the way to protect him. This is, uh, and Wyatt has a, a lot on his hands here with these two guys kind of going at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like, it's going to be really interesting to see what they do with Luke after this, because so far it seems like it's it's just Orton and Bray, and if they ever do drop that other shoe with Orton where he finally turns and this was the plan all along and breaks up the family that way, then, you know, whatever. But I, I kind of hope... It just sort of splits, right? You have Orton and Wyatt go one way, and then Luke sort of picks up his own stuff and and goes the other. Yeah, interesting because you know the crowd was certainly into getting that RKO and and chanting for for Randy to do something here. So it's interesting. I would like to see it go the other way almost because you're almost you're expecting Randy to do it. You're expecting Orton to be the one. It would be mm-hmm. so much like such a refresher if it was Harper that's the one that sort of says I'm done with this. Yeah. Uh, and admittedly, I still might, as, as great as it's been to watch Orton and do this other stuff, I, I mean, them going the, with the way that makes the most sense with Orton playing the long game here, I think I think works out well, too. It's just been such a well-told story. I, I've just enjoyed getting wrapped up in it. Exactly. It's so surprising that they they can keep something like this going on long enough. Uh, to the point where you, yeah, we'll talk about this every week, but they bring you in more and more into this feeling of, okay, they really are family. Yeah, they're having their little spats as, as brothers, but we're not going to have Orton do this. Um, it, I, I really love the way they've done this, and, and hopefully they can keep it up. We say this every week, but every week they surprise us with how good it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Noam Dar tells us he wants some more Alicia Fox, uh, getting ready for his, uh, the big storyline match with 205 Live that we'll talk about, you know, in the 205 Live review, but the last thing that they really kind of covered on this show was the big advertised match of Baron Corbin taking on John Cena, John Cena, you know, just ta- has a promo discussing that, hey, you know, uh, I'm getting tired of these new era guys always calling me a, calling me a has-been. And look, I haven't been on top for a while, so I'm still out here to prove that my time is now. Baron Corbin just said he didn't give a crap about what uh, John Cena had to say, uh, which I'm all in favor for. Just, just get out there and tell people, you know what? Screw it. I don't care what he has to say. I'm just out here to... Try to prove myself as well. And then pretty much you get the, the prove-it match between the two guys. Uh, I mean, 
you know, it's John Cena and Baron Corbin, so I wouldn't expect anything, like, overly wonderful or whatever, but it was, it was good, and, you know, uh, John Cena's gonna win, because he's not gonna lose to a guy like Baron Corbin, at least not at this stage, and... Now you have to kind of see what Corbin does with this. He lost to a guy like John Cena. How does he recover? Yeah, I, and I I mean, going into this, you knew Cena's going to win. He's got the big title match with AJ at the Rumble, and he's got to build up some momentum. And whatever little bit they built on Baron sort of just goes right back that way, right? So this was fine. I think this is exactly what you would expect to see between a John Cena and Baron Corbin match. It's It's fairly bland, but solid work, right? AJ on commentary was the winner for me here. I loved him. I thought he was great. I loved AJ on commentary as well. Uh, you got Otunga digging in on him there, being the face commentator. And AJ just kind of swiping what he says. Uh, Baron's constantly looking back at AJ a bunch of times during this match. and AJ's like, oh, well, thank you. Thank you for hitting him. I don't know what I don't know what his fault was with me, but I'm glad he's beating up John Cena. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> that's uh, that's awesome. I love the little way he comes into his promo and he's like, "Oh, you're gonna be like me. You're gonna have that time where you get to beat up John Cena." Gotta live that hashtag. Yeah. It's just, yeah, I love the fact that he still brings that back. Uh, great stuff. Great stuff for AJ. Uh, yeah, I mean, overall, I don't think this was, like, the, the great SmackDowns that we've had, you know, the past few weeks or whatever. But this was still a really solid show. Again, nothing nothing doesn't matter. Everything that they have on SmackDown is leading to something. Uh, you don't have a wasted segment. And even on Talking Smack, they took the time to let Mojo Raleigh have a moment to talk about his career and you know, Zack Ryder and everything else. I, I really enjoyed the Mojo thing. I, I didn't overly hate it. I just, I've never had a problem with the character of Mojo, right? It's a little flat at times. He's, he's you know, the energetic face and all that good stuff, right? But he's just not anything in the ring that really makes me want to get up and get excited for seeing him, you know? So it'll be interesting to see what they can do with him. I'm certainly willing to change my opinion on anybody at any given time. So I, I love this show, though. I thought it was great. The, the tag team work was was phenomenal. Uh, seven and a half. What what do you think about Mojo saying, I got to tone it down a little bit? Like, I'm not going to be overly hyped. Are we done with the I'm all about hype Mojo? Maybe. I. What else do you do with him, right? I mean, I, I'm assuming Ryder's probably going to be out for a while, right? These leg injuries right. usually are pretty serious. You're probably out six months. Uh, at the least, I would say. So uh, they got to figure out something for him, and, and I, I don't know what what you do with him other than I mean, if you make him like that bruiser face, like Rhino or something like that. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I wonder if uh, you kind of have to do that. He's he's just gonna slow it down and kind of just I guess beat people up. I don't know. I mean, just. It, I'm, I am kind of intrigued as to what they're going to do with him. I did like the fact that they kind of let him tell his story and 
that's what Talking Smack is for. So you do get that. He gave uh, Renee and Shane his hat. So you know, Shane apparently uh, doesn't realize that you leave the stickers on the the hats. But hey, he he does come a different come from a different uh, era, I guess. But yeah, I, I'm. I was just gonna, gonna say, and when I was a kid, you didn't have stickers on hats, so. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I mean, we didn't care about the stickers on the hats. It wasn't until like that big Yankees hat started becoming like the thing for like every hat, and then people were like, "Oh, we gotta leave the sticker on. It might be worth something later." I'm like, all right, whatever works. It's like now yeah. we gotta leave the tag on everything. Okay. <laughs> So I, I don't want to give my kid this stuffed animal that now I have to leave the tag on because it might be worth something in 20 years. I just, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Point. Uh, if you're giving it to your kids, just who cares? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with a seven for this show. Very enjoyable show again. SmackDown's just really easy to watch, and uh, they have terrific stuff every time, so it, never uh, a problem to sit down and want to review this show. But that's going to be it for the SmackDown Live review. Hopefully, whether you're checking it out on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, YouTube, or, you know, WTMNet.com, where you can read the rest of our stuff. Um, You know, hopefully uh, you're enjoying it. You can uh, drop us a comment there on Spreaker or on the website or wherever, and you can go rate and review as well to let us know what you liked and did not uh, like about the what we're doing here and uh, hopefully you stick around to check our 205 live uh, review as well so until the next time everyone see you later have a good one guys the following podcast is a w2m network original production visit w2mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts plus news reviews articles and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.